Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. And as always, I have my partner in crime to my left. What's up, Big Neil? Lance, I'm freezing cold. It is freezing. It is snowy. Minnesota in late November, basically through February sucks. And that's where we are today. But we're excited because we have Victory Wednesday here. Lance, leading into hopefully yes. Victory Sunday. The Steelers were able to knock off the pesky Indianapolis Colts in what was definitely one of Matt Ryan's last career games. Steelers were able to have enough at the end to, to top them to move to four and seven on the season. And now they prepare for what did you call them? The Falcons? What about Atlanta, Lance? Oh yeah, you got the yeah, lemon well, pepper and the other activities, and yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll, we'll break we'll bring that in when we do uh, our predictions because I think what else you know you know Atlanta's known for something else. Mel knows what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Mel knows, and his fraternity brothers know as well. I was just talking about, uh, I was just talking about the name. What was the name you came up with? Or you didn't come uh, up for, with? It. I, I don't know, and I don't want to try to repeat it and be wrong. And Neil Spill. No, they, they, uh, for Atlanta. The Hot city Atlanta? of Atlanta. No, never mind. Man, <laughs> We're off see, to a that, roaring that, start. That's what happens when your brain is uh, still <laughs> particularly fried. Uh, I, man, my brain is fried. But with that, as always, as we stumble to a start, you can check us out on YouTube. And if you want to check us out on YouTube, do a search for the new standard in Lance Williams. Or the new standard and Neil Kulong. And I'm trying to remember what Neil was referencing, but I actually <laughs> don't. Also, if you want to check us out via podcast, go to your local podcast feeder. Not a local podcast feeder. Just go to a podcast feeder. Do a search for the new standard. Apple Pods, Spotify, Google. You can find us there. Please like and subscribe to the show. You know, on Victory Wednesday, I want everybody that's listening to the show to definitely subscribe to the show. I think everybody that's in there now is subscribed. Big up to Reginald, big up to Big Mail and the Brothers of Omega Sci-Fi. Big up to you guys, Q-Dogs in the building. Neil, let me get your spill on the Monday Night Football game. You were absent. Yeah, I hope you're better now. Give me, give me your breakdown. Give me your thoughts. Because one thing that was interesting that you said was, you know, when I was texting you, I, I said that I thought that the first half of the Colts game was Kenny Pickett's best half of football. You countered that uh, by saying uh, the Atlanta game was the best. Not excuse me, not the Atlanta game. That the New Orleans game was his best game and best half of football. But overall, I want you to talk about that, and I want you to talk about uh, the game, Kenny Pickett's performance, and, and what's your thoughts overall. How about this overall? I think it's absolutely fantastic. We have reached a point with the Steelers rookie quarterback that we can actually compare good games and debate which one was better. We haven't said yes. that in a while about a Steelers quarterback, not in a, not in a legitimate way anyway. Um, I, overall, there is a lot to say about uh, Kenny's performance versus the Colts. I want to preface all of this before I get bombarded with the most annoying counter to everything in, in the NFL. We can be opponent agnostic. We cannot worry about the, the talent level of who he's going against and still appreciate the performance that he put up. Football on the offensive side of the ball in particular, it's about coordination. It's about timing. It's about execution. It is not always about your opponent. That's the way the game is built. The offense is supposed to have an advantage. It's not entirely about who you're going against. It's about what you're doing. When Mike Tomlin says nameless gray faces, that's what he's talking about. It's not as important what they're doing as it is what you're doing. Kenny Pickett did a lot of really good things in that game. A couple things that I, I'm, I'm betting he's kicking himself that he really wishes he had those chances back. And he would have had a stellar game if he got those back. Uh, the miss to, to uh, uh, Pickens in the end zone, I think it's probably high on the list. There were a couple in the first half I, I think he missed on just a little bit, which is why I would have put the New Orleans first half performance over this one. But both of them were excellent. In many ways, I, I can buy the argument that this was his best overall game. Um, more than anything, though, Lance, I think this is the conversation that needs to take place. Look at where he was when he started against Buffalo. 
And once again, yes, quality opponent. I'm not evaluating that. I'm just saying the way he carried himself, the way the, the production that he was able to generate, um, which was none back then compared to now, we are seeing consistently good performances from him. And we, we should be very excited about that. It's not, we're not putting him on an elite level. It's, this is not about ranking him. We don't need to do that. Okay. Let's, let's grade him against himself. Let's look at where he is going in a non results manner. Okay. Don't give me stats. Just look at uh, things like Mason Cole saying after the game, the Pickett's the one that called the run on the goal line that Snell scored to, to seal the game. He's aware enough of the offense. He's garnering enough of his teammates' respect, and the coaches are listening to him. These are not things that were happening right away, not in a negative way. It's just he just started. You, you didn't know. He's growing into that. And I, for me, as somebody that was saying back when, when they were at their absolute worst, you can't say right now they're not going to look at a quarterback in the draft. What I've seen the last couple of weeks, I, I, I think I can fairly say, yeah, I think they can cross that off. I think they've got their guy. Um, he's got a ways to go. There are a lot of things that need to change, but I, the, the foundation is there and he's getting better each week. Uh, for me, and I think for diehard Steelers fans right now, Kenny Pickett is, is destination TV. You want to watch him now. Um, it, it was really kind of hesitant. Like, uh, what's he going to do next back when he was throwing interceptions once every fourth drop back, something like that. He's not turning the ball over anymore. He's making good decisions with the football. He runs uh, at, at the right times. He's not taking big hits. Uh, protection isn't the greatest thing in the world, but he's, he's making it work. There are still some errors. There are things that he needs to clean up. There are coordination issues as an offense that they need to fix. But I, overall, we should be very excited about the trajectory of, of Kenny Pickett right now. And with you saying that, I'm looking at his PFF grades. And of course, again, you know, PFF is not the be all to end all, but it is a reference. And with PFF, they are reviewing the film and going through every single snap. So it's a good reference point. And when you look at his PFF grades over the last several games, starting in Tampa Bay, 49.5, 51.9 against Philadelphia, 55.9 against Cincinnati. Um, Actually, let me sort this out. Uh, sort this out this way. So let me start that again. Against the Jets, it was sixty-six point nine, sixty-five point eight against Buffalo. Dipped to forty-nine point five against Tampa Bay. Then went back up to sixty-five point six against Miami. You see that up and down of a rookie. Went down again, fifty-one point nine against Philly, but bounced back up against New Orleans, sixty-seven point one. Went down surprisingly against uh, they have them rated at fifty five point nine against Cincinnati. I thought he played a little bit better than that, and then you get the jump to eighty eight point five against Indianapolis. And what you kind of see through those points, if you were to graph those out, it's just kind of the cycle that a rookie quarterback is on. Neil, I want to give some props and pick up to my guy Christian, longtime listener. I want to give some props to Benny. You know why I want to give props to to, to, to Benny Snell? Because he was on the field and he gained yards. That and because he was ready. You know, he was ready to perform when his number was called. He performed in a professional manner. He performed like a professional football player that is prepared when it's time to rock. When his number is called, he gives you everything that he got, and he performed very well. You know, you can see a lot of players in the league when their number is called, they're not ready. They don't get it done. And it's just great to see, uh, you know, that Benny Snell was ready. And that's what, you know, coaches talk about next man up, everybody being available. Um, and that's what you expect, that level of professionalism. So I just want to give my props to uh, Benny Snell. For being ready and getting out there and doing his thing. But let me ask you this, Neil. You talked about coordination of the offense. And we see that Kenny Pickett's arrow is definitely pointing up, even to the point where we quite possibly think that the question of do they have their quarterback moving forward has been answered uh, by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, let me get your thoughts on that. Do you think that, that the question has been answered or they feel like the question's been answered. And let me ask you this. Assuming that Matt Canada 
is a guy they're not sure about as their OC. Has Kenny's play insulated him from being moved on from? Is Kenny's play enough to for, for Matt Canada to be the, the coordinator moving forward to develop Kenny Pickett in his first-round player? So the first question is, do you think the staff thinks he's answered the question? And is Canada going to be safe because of the growing and maturation of Kenny Pickett? <clears throat> oh, I'm going to be the most hated person in the world for this. I don't think we could have answered that question before the buy any better than we can question it now. And that's why they haven't made a move yet. They changed what I would call kind of quiet things. They're not obvious watching, you know, games in, in broadcast TV. Um, those things though are, are bearing fruit. You are getting play, getting better play collectively from four of the five offensive linemen. You are getting play from all of their running backs. Keep in mind, not only do we see Benny Snell run well, so did Anthony McFarland. You remember him? He came off the practice squad and, and played pretty well. Again, everyone's going to yell, opponent, opponent. They're playing an NFL team, okay? There were lanes. There were avenues in which running backs could run through, and they exploited it. They made plays. They have not done that all season long, and they've done it three weeks in a row now. You have to be happy about that. To suggest after that, and I'm pretty sure everyone's going to agree with me, they're producing much better now than they were. To suggest after that point, the offensive coordinator is the one holding them back, I got to call you out. What are you basing that on? I, I don't quite understand. Yeah. They're now producing. And on top of it, if we want to put our, our Neil Stradamus hats on, I said before this season, this is what was going to happen for an ideal situation. They were going to come out and be poor right away. No one believed it. Everyone wanted to say 13 and four, they're going to be great. Mitch Trubisky is this. No, they were going to be bad right away because they have a brand new offensive line along with, once again, a brand new offensive coach. And they aren't all that talented. They really are not all that great. Okay. It's going to take time for them to develop their fastball, whatever it is that they're going to be able to locate to continue with the baseball metaphor, uh, to play at their best, they're going to need reps. They're going to need snaps, and that's going to look negative for a, a, an awful lot of the time. Now they are hitting their stride. They're getting much better consistent quarterback play than they've gotten. Their offensive line is contributing in a positive way in their run game, and the running backs are, are making hay out of what they're being given. Um, their receiver, the receiving core is down what we might consider to be in some instances a, a pretty key element, whether chase Claypool was worth anything or not, he was still getting six, seven targets a game. They had to replace that on the fly and they're doing a pretty good job of it. You're seeing George Pickens start to become the superstar type of player that we said he was going to be when he was drafted. All these things don't suggest there's a problem with the offensive coordinator. It suggests to me that the offensive coordinator got his ass in gear and is now making this work. So that that's just an objective look, okay? Will they get rid of him? I have no idea. The, the issue, as far as the, the alleged developing the quarterback thing, we don't have precedent in Pittsburgh for that. We just don't. We don't know what they want to develop uh, the quarterback that they have. Is Kenny Pickett playing pretty decent football right now? Yeah. Do you want to mess with that? I don't know. I could see them doing it. I could see them not doing it. Um, whatever the issue is, it, it doesn't often come down to one person. While I do completely understand the teeth gnashing and the towel wringing about how much everybody hates Matt Canada because he calls run plays. We can't have that for some reason. The offense is playing better now than it has been. What's a coach's job if not to improve? What's a coach's job if not to lay a foundation where players can go out and be successful? They're doing that to some degree. I would challenge it like this, though. Do you really think right now somebody else coming in off the streets is absolutely going to do a considerably better job than Matt Canada? 
look what happened with their offensive line. How long did that take to get going? That's a new coach, new players. To start over again, I don't know. Reset. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's the right decision right now. Now it's week 13. We're not done yet. You know, we've still got some games to play out. I will reserve uh, my judgment on that until the end of the season. And you know what, Lance? I'll bet you Mike Tomlin's saying the same thing. I think he wants to review an entire body of work and not look at this snap to snap the way fans do. I, I think he wants to evaluate how everything comes together under whoever it is, look at other feasible options, get a better sense of what direction he wants to go, and then make that decision. I don't think we're there yet. I think I think you're absolutely right in state of the Steelers, and I'm just going to read some of his comments. The thing I think as fans, we're just in general – uh, impatient and I think our clock is much faster than the organization the organization moves like an iceberg uh, we move like an avalanche with our thoughts and so uh, what State of the Steelers said and I think it's absolutely correct they need time to grow into the offense and they are starting to I mean that's what you're seeing this offense is improving and I think the assumption always made by us fans is that when you change the coach, it's going to work. Like the solution is, okay, our offense sucks, fire the OC. Now, there's a lot of teams that fire OCs and offenses get worse. And what fans, as fans, we typically don't do is we don't hold ourselves accountable when we're wrong. A lot of times you could just say, change the coordinator. Yeah, and, and the offense is terrible. They change the coordination, the coordinator of the offense. Offense gets worse. So I think you have to weigh it again. This season is about the development of Kenny Pickett. And again, I think you have to weigh it on if we make these changes, is this going to stunt the growth of a guy that we want to be our franchise quarterback? And the thing about it is, they're making the decision, and they will make the decision with all of the facts. Hashtag facts. They see the film. They they know what they're asking Kenny to do. They know what they're trying to accomplish on offense, and they're going to judge it from that perspective. I'm going to put on my Lance Stradamus hat as well. Let's say the Steelers go 500 uh, the rest of the way, and Kenny Pickett plays – Kind of the level where, where the where, where the baseline of his performance is, let's say, the New Orleans game. If he puts out New Orleans slash Colts type performances week in and week out over that stretch, um, Matt Saskatchewan or Matt Quebec is absolutely coming back. You're going to have Matt Canuck. Uh, he, he's going to absolutely... <laughs> Uh, he's going to absolutely be your coordinator next year. Funny stuff in the comments about, um, you know, maybe there's a running back uh, controversy in Pittsburgh. But before we put our guest in, speak to the running game. The running game has uh, it's like a like a mushroom after uh, after the rain is starting to sprout. The, the, the running game is starting to here. It's all right. yeah, like the running We're game is starting to. Uh, Get frisky. What what's your thoughts on, on what the Steelers are doing in the running game? Maybe they diversified carries. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they got the black hole out of the way and they found some other guys they can, you know, simply identify a hole and run through it. Um, I'm not trying to bash Najee Harris because to be honest, I, I'm gonna give him a lot of the credit for the, the resurgence as well. He has played a much better game. He has become a much better running back in the last few weeks, whatever that was. And I, I have always said. The injury has to be considered a, a part of the issue that they've had. Okay. He healed up from that over the bye week. He was healthy. He, he took it easy, whatever. Uh, there is a clear difference with him. He looks a lot better, but we've seen Jalen Warren produce. And on Monday, we saw Benny Snell of all people produce. And we saw, <laughs> and we saw Anthony McFarland produce. The holes are there. Running backs are seeing them and running through them. Positive, okay? We're not getting into draft status about Najee Harris, all that, whatever. 
The point is they are getting better play up front uh, from their run game, and that is apparent in the results of these games. Not Cincinnati, obviously, but that's you know you don't win them all. Um, this came up as well. I just really quickly from the comments, the, the shuttle pass was to Derek Watt. It was not to Gentry. They do plenty of screens to Gentry, but the goal line one was to Watt. And that got blown up because the, the, the free rusher crashed right on the quarterback. Pickett had to drop back. That delayed the play. It got screwed up. That wasn't schematic as much as somehow something got missed and they didn't get a, a chip on the guy that they probably needed to. Um, they've run that play before. It's worked before. We're not crying about it all the time. Um, it, it, as far as the, the overall running effort goes, I think it, it's been a key component to the fact that one thing I loved about Monday night's game, I think they, they, they started off the half. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. They started off the half, I think with two kind of clunker drives, weren't good, ended up punts. I, I don't know if they got a first down in either of those, the Steelers team that we have seen for much of this season, the Steelers team that we would identify with their record at that point, three and seven tacked on another three feudal drives after that. It seemed to me Pickett got his stuff together. They collectively said, look, we are not going to waste the entire quarter running 10 plays anymore, okay? We need to make something happen right now. He put it together and got the team moving down the field. Those are the kinds of things we should be looking at. The fact that they didn't bottom out the way they have against pretty much every opponent this season. Uh, a lot of that I think is credit to the ground game. They were able to run. They were picking up chunks of yards, running the ball. It, it really seemed to me like they challenged the offensive line to say, look, you guys got to get us through this. Okay. They're coming back on us. We knew we weren't going to shut them out. They put 10 points up in two possessions. We haven't scored. We have to take this game back. And they did. We haven't seen them do that. That's what good teams are able to do. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're going to have three and outs. Every team is going to have that. It's your ability to minimize that, rise above it when you have to, and take back momentum, take back control of the game. That's what we saw. And I, I, for me, I was really excited about that because it's been absent all season long. They had, what, six in a row against Cincinnati. They were in position to, to compete at the end of that game. They really were. But their offense just pissed it down their leg. And it, it, when you are incapable of controlling the ball, controlling the momentum of the game, you're going to get run out at the end, certainly by a good offensive team like Cincinnati. I don't think Indianapolis is a good football team because they're not, okay? But the fact is they got live experience that can build on their confidence to say, we're capable of doing this. We have to sharpen up. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. Let's get out there and go. They haven't done that before. And I think the ground game was a big part of that in that half. And to, to me, that's a big step forward from where they were. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's important is he's building some confidence in that locker room. When you hear the comments from his players, when they start talking about Kenny Pickett, you get a sense that they believe that Kenny Pickett can be a guy that they can win with, which is ultimately important. And in this game, like you said, they had drives of 10 plays, um, 10 plays, 12 plays, 11 plays. And if you don't think Kenny Pickett is the guy, or if you do, think Penny Kick, Kenny Pickett is the guy. You just need to look at that 11-play, 60-yard drive where they scored the touchdown. But, oh. Neil, you want to do the honors and introduce our guest? Yeah, we'll do that. <clears throat> I hate the fact I can't see him now. we got to fix this, Lance. I'm not sure what access level I need in here. But, yes, um, yep, we got you. Thanks for, thanks for joining us, Matt. Matt Urban is the editor of Falcons Wire, an excellent site. USA Today Sports Media Group network of websites, the NFL Wire Network. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working with Matt for a couple of years. He's done a great job for us, great insight on a team that doesn't get a whole lot of coverage, unfortunately. So um, <laughs> it's great to have experts like him on who can walk us through the juggernaut that is Sunday's game. Falcons, Steelers, baby. <laughs> Matt, I know you're excited. Thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for me on. Let me jump into the first question. I mean, because a lot of people don't get to see uh, Atlanta, what what's the foundation of Atlanta's offense? If you haven't seen them, what do you think that foundation is? Is and who and what's the strength of that offense? Well, without a doubt, the uh, foundation is the running game. The offensive line 
they've really done a good job revamping it in the past two years. And uh, yeah, I think Arthur Smith's identity for sure is just a tough team that can run the ball, stop the run. And um, he's done that pretty good so far this year, I think. You know, they've run the ball significantly better than they had last year. So I got my dog in my lap here, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, I'd say this is the ground game for sure. Time. Hey, buddy. Come here, Rocky. Rocky. Hey. <laughs> Rocky, is oh, that yeah. Oh, wow. He's a nice dog. <laughs> yeah. If I start talking, he'll start. He gets obsessed. And he... <laughs> That's awesome. Oh yeah, he's a pit bull, pit bull, uh, pit bull, uh, bigger mixer. There so. Hi, wow. That's that's expensive. Anyways, but eats, uh, yeah, sorry about that, guys. Anyways, eats five hundred dollars worth of food a month. <clears throat> Falcons <laughs> are, Falcons are legitimately, um, in contention for a division championship. How weird does that yeah. sound to you? Does it feel like that? Is is that what you see when you watch the Falcons no. play? <laughs> honestly no at all it's crazy it's like uh every week it seems like okay they're definitely out of it now then buccaneers just go and lose again or somehow and they're just only a half game back it's, it's just so weird i mean this is not a i wouldn't say a good football team you know it's they're they're okay there's the uh, 10 last year they're kind of on pace to be right there again this year and uh but i'd say they're a lot better but yeah i mean i don't think they're a, they should be a playoff team they, the way they've played so far this year honestly well, you know, as they say in the movie Riddick, uh, you keep what you kill. So if they earn it, they earn it. And uh, having lived in Atlanta before, I'm sure if they go to the playoffs, it'll be very exciting. Let me ask, in terms of their offensive line, uh, you know, one thing the Steelers are good at is getting pressure. Um, I think the Steelers are solid up front. You got Watt back. You've got Highsmith doing a great job getting pressure. Um, highlight a matchup uh, that the Steelers must win to have success in this game from a pressure perspective. Who do you think uh, is a great matchup that the Steelers can attack? I would say uh, going under Drew Dahlman is a first-year starter. Um, he's probably been the weakest link on the offensive line. Other than that, you know, the left guard situation, they've been injured up, uh, you know, all year they've had Elijah Wilkinson, uh, Colby Gossett, uh, Jalen Mayfield's been on IR. Uh, so, yeah, guard center, I would – so that's definitely the weakest spot of all on the offensive line. Second year of Arthur Smith right now. Arthur Smith, um, one of, I, I think anyway, the best offensive minds in football. I think he's done a, a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, with the exception of Drake London, who hasn't gotten much of an opportunity. It, it, are we seeing him at his best, or are, have they kind of shortchanged him to this point? Is this like a budding, really good offensive team? They, they run the ball well, like you said. We, we would expect that, considering what it is, but lack of weapons on this offense isn't there i mean we're, we're not seeing a whole lot of great skill position play here no you're not, but, uh, you said i think they are going to short changing a lot in there because i mean if you want mario i mean he's getting like mess and mess uh he doesn't like throw it to the water seizure up and, 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 and this does heal very well so i think that another team might be you know going for rookie of the year he looked really good the first couple of games. He couple touchdowns. He just hasn't been involved the past few weeks. And some of those running the ball, which is the you know, they do more runs it a lot. Um, so there's a lot of pass touchdowns going on anyway. But, yeah, I think with Kyle's, when, when he was healthy, he was not playing well either. You know, he was a little on to be one of those tight ends in the league in terms of production compared to where he was last year. So I think, um, yeah, just the opportunity, I think, actually, over there, I think it's more so more so Mario is just and not seeing them anymore. Yeah. Hey, Matt, I think we're going to have to cut it short because I think you're having uh, some audio problems. But let me see if if, if they still continue. Let me ask you real quick. Um, in terms of the running game, um, who do you need? How do the Steelers stop that running game? Wh what teams have given the Falcons the most problems in terms of that running game, and, and and what do you foresee in this particular matchup? Um, yeah, I think the Chargers get some trouble. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we're going to have to go ahead and, and mute Matt and get out of here. Matt's having a little bit of technical difficulty, so we're going to go ahead and uh, um, and, and and thank you, Matt, for hopping on. A little bit of technical difficulty, so we're just going to go ahead and jump out of the interview thank you matt 
Well, that did not go too well. Um, but you know, you have technical problems. To come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have technical problems. Let's get into your predictions, Neil. What's your predictions for this game? Um, I I look at the Falcons, and this is kind of what I was chatting with Matt about um, prior to him coming on and doing his Terminator impression. It, uh, it it's it's not a consistent team, and it's one that's defined largely offensively by the versatility of Cordero Patterson. And he's a guy that, that does a lot of things on the field, uh, does a lot of things well. He's only one guy, though, and he can only do one thing at one time. They, it, it seems like they set up, uh, it set him up in that role to be pretty much the only guy that's going to do anything. If, if we were to put it in basketball terms, he's a post player that they're doing everything to get the ball to, and there's not a whole lot of shooters around him. So I, I, they're just, they're not a very dynamic team. Um, I'm not sure what they can do offensively, but they can get a ground game going. So it is a significant challenge for Pittsburgh up front. Um, I think Pittsburgh is up for this one, though. I, I think Pittsburgh should be able to win it. Um, I'm feeling like 22-17, something, uh, something along those lines. Not comfortable. I think it's going to be a battle. Um, we haven't seen Kenny Pickett turn the ball over um, in, what, three games now? Two and a half games, something like that. Uh, yeah, Marcus Mariota. It, Marcus Mariota is as much a turnover machine as, as Pickett was um, at, at – uh, the early point of his season. I think the Steelers can rattle him, get to him a little bit if they can get healthy, um, get a little bit more from TJ Watt. He didn't look, uh, he didn't look right to me on Monday. Uh, Alex Highsmith stepped up big time. If they can get both of them playing, I, I really think that it's going to be uh, a, a real tough situation for Atlanta offensively. And I think Pittsburgh can just kind of squeeze them back uh, for the duration of this game. I think Pittsburgh will, will pull it out. You know, we were talking about the line. I think the Steelers are one and a half point favorites in the game. And I joked and said, Magic City is worth a point Magic and a half. City. That's it. Magic, Magic City. City. Yes. That's what I was looking that for. Magic City is worth a point and a half. And so are the lemon pepper wings. And so uh, in a game of, again, two very, in my opinion, mediocre teams, uh, you know, it's tough to to necessarily pick a rookie on the road. I didn't pick the Steelers to beat Indianapolis. Um, of course, I was wrong uh, there. I, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Falcons. I think the Falcons are a weird team. They do a lot of things offensively, zone read stuff, uh, Mariota uh, with his legs. Um, it's just a weird team. It's, it's one of those teams mm -hmm. you don't see too often. And on a short week with the rookie quarterback on the road, Lemon Pepper Wings, Magic City, lap dances. Um, you know, uh, see, I told you Mel knew about Magic yep, City. <laughs> Mel said, Hey now, Magic City. I didn't there I didn't want to I didn't want to be wrong about it. I didn't know how to describe it to you, short of what did you call it? What's the nickname of it? Magic City is what I was thinking of. I yes. just I don't know if I would have come up with that first and I would have looked like a more yes. More a lot of abracadabra <laughs> in Magic City, definitely a lot of tricks. In Magic City, and I think that the Steelers' euphoria will suddenly disappear due to said magic tricks in Magic City with some lemon peppers. And so, uh, as Mel goes down the line, Club Nikki too, absolutely. I have been to Club Nikki, and I participated in Freak Nicks as well. And so, um, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to pick Atlanta. And an ugly game, I'm going to pick Atlanta in a more high-scoring game. I still don't have too much confidence in this defense. You know, their secondary gives it up. Um, and so uh, I'm going to pick, I'm going to say 27-24 in a close game. Um, I, I think no Chris Boswell finally bites them, and, and they lose a close game in Atlanta in a game that Kenny Pickett will play well and continue to look good and the offense will continue to ascend. Before we get out of here, let me jump into this question uh, from Robert Cotting. And uh, he asked a question. Neil, great Kenny Pickett this year from A to F. Uh, to this point? Um, I think a B minus, I'd say. And it, it's, you have to establish what exactly you're grading. I mean, I, I don't. 
I would consider the 20th overall selection, a, a, a quarterback, 20th overall selection playing his rookie year, that bar is set pretty low. He shouldn't be a player that's going to come in right away. Just because people told you he's the most pro-ready quarterback does not mean that he is particularly pro-ready, okay? What that means is compared to Malik Willis, and if you watch Malik Willis play, you'd understand why they said what they said. Um, I don't think he was entirely ready, and I think that's what we're seeing. This is the maturation process. Starting that bar fairly low, um, he's, he's, in, he's increased quite a bit from where he started, in my opinion. Uh, he's eliminating mistakes each game. There are still throws that I really wish he had back. Um, the, 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 a couple of them stand out. There was one against uh, New Orleans. There was one against the, the one to pick it in the end zone uh, against the Colts. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that play call was perfect. The route was perfect. He, he's got to put that ball on him. Um, frustrating. And I'm sure he felt the same way. I'm not trying to rip him. Um, even the best quarterbacks miss a couple throws per game, every game. So it, I, I'm not looking for perfection, but he, he's, he's stepped up quite a bit. Uh, he looks a lot better now than he did. Uh, for where we're sitting right now, it, it's above my expectation, which is what I would really call a C grade. Um, where I would have expected him to be, he's a little above that. Not hugely, and there's still it's still a work in progress. His, his end-of-the-year numbers are going to suck, by the way. We'll, we'll talk about that all offseason when everyone's ripping him for it. But uh, game to game, he's getting better and better. Um, I'm happy with that. And I I don't think there's any other way to evaluate a player with fairly limited skill set. He's not an elite prospect. He's not a dude. You know, he doesn't have Herbert-like skills. But he's a solid player. And I think he's getting better. He's getting smarter. Limiting mistakes, making the plays when they're there. Somebody brought up playing in a dome. I don't, maybe, maybe, you know, I was a quarterback with small hands. I know what it's like to throw when it's cold. It's not the easiest thing in the world. Um, I could see that being a factor in all of this as well. So let's, we'll, we'll put together a full evaluation at the end of the year, looking at everything that he did to this point though. I, I like where he's going, not the best quarterback in the league. I'm not saying that, that four Super Bowls are coming to Pittsburgh with this guy. I'm just saying, uh, for where they were at the beginning of the year with Mitch Trubisky and uh, uh, Pickett batting third there behind him, behind Rudolph, they uh, or second, I mean, just with Rudolph behind him, it it's a better quarterback situation than it was, and I think um, that puts him a little bit above what I would have expected him to be at this point. I'm happy with that. Small phalanges, the. Small phalanges. Ball is uh, big, man. It, it's it's hard. It's hard to to really just rip that thing. Um, not that you can't do it. I'm not saying that it's a complete detriment, right. but you can understand. Um, that's another funny thing is how many fumbles does Pickett have? One. Yeah, he hasn't fumbled a whole lot. It, it's the size of the hands more when you're getting hit in the pocket, being able to hang on to the ball if you don't have a, a way to brace it against your body. He protects well against it. He knows how to work with what he has. Um, he's got a, a reasonable arm. He doesn't have a great arm. Uh, I thought he'd probably be a little bit better throwing the ball deep. I, I expected to. I, I expect that will improve um, when he and Pickens get on the same page, which they're not all the time. We've seen uh, a couple times Pickens open. Um, one reason or another, Pickett isn't seeing him, uh, doesn't get him the ball. Again, even the best miss those looks or – he doesn't feel comfortable throwing it. He's not going to throw it. So it, it, it isn't as simple as this guy's open, throw him the ball. There are things that, that uh, uh, you have to work through as a quarterback. Um, they'll get on page with that. I feel like there's a big game coming with those two sometime soon. I'm talking like uh, for, for, for Pickens, a uh, buck 50 and two touchdowns, one of them being like a 50 yarder. I, I feel like that's coming soon. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. And when I look at uh, King George, I'm absolutely surprised when he drops a ball. I mean, my expectation already is that he's going to catch anything in the area code. The one thing I want to see, and it's funny you said B minus because I was thinking B minus as well. Like Mel also said C plus. I was thinking B minus C plus. Um, I probably got to a B minus because going on the road and, and that 11 play drive um, to win oh, that game after you go huge. three and out back to back, that's huge. I mean that 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 that's really big. That 
that's that's that, championship medal. That's what yes, the that puts elite a smile on your face for sure. That's what elite quarterbacks will do. And I Pickett did that. And credit the ground game as well. Running was big on that drive. They, you know, they got some good carries out of Benny Snell on that drive. You're happy with that. That's the type of stuff they were not doing and haven't been doing for for a while. You have to be excited about that. I mean, the next thing I want to see is I want to see uh, <laughs> him trusting Kenny uh, to attack teams between the numbers. I mean, that's what I want to see. I, that That's the next thing I want to see over the next course of this season. And we may not see it this year. They may he not still feel on a comfortable. Nice crosser. I think we, yeah, we he's were throwing some crosses here and there. That was wanna... when, that was, they had lined up Muth on the outside. They had a cornerback on him, and Muth beat him inside, yeah. got his body in front of him, pick it, put it right where he needed to. It was a great throw. It was a great read. Um, it, it's coming together. I think that the, the whole notion that Canada calls the same plays is just it, – it's stupid, okay? The, the most recent one, I think you guys probably saw this it, it, somewhere on social media, you hear somebody in the background yelling, it's all the same plays. Like, okay, well, fine. He just ran for nine yards, though. I don't know if you realize that or not, but it, it was a big play. It's a good play. Teams will run the same, if not similar, plays a couple times a All game. The time. It's not a lot, but when you have you have an offense that's building, you don't have a thousand play playbook. There are only some things that you can run because that's all you're practicing. They don't have a basis on which to build. That's why they weren't going to be good. It's going to expand. The more experience they get together, we'll see more variety. Um, things will happen, and we're seeing that. It's working much better than it did. That Those are all positive things. And it's a combination of the experience of everybody coming together and your quarterback getting more experience, getting more comfortable with, with what's being called. They, they blew the empty set. You might remember that earlier in the game. Yeah. Um, that that's on the quarterback. That's not on Dan Moore. As much as I've loved to rip Dan Moore, that's not on Dan Moore. That's on the quarterback. Um, those types of things eliminate empty sets from your your playbook. Your quarterback couldn't run it. They had he had no idea what was happening. And he got the ball. He saw Ngakwe coming to his blind side, and he curled up and, and hit the ground. You're not going to call a whole lot of empty sets if your quarterback isn't comfortable with it. So cut that out of your playbook. Do that about 15 times. That's where they are. That's why the plays look similar. There are only so many that your quarterback is able to run when they don't have any experience. Before we get out of here, Mel brought up a point. Um, is, is KP audibling? You think they're letting him audible? Um, simply put, no. But we need to define what an audible is. Um, it, it is far more detailed of a process than people think that it is. It didn't Madden. Okay, you don't just change a play. Um, when you have an experienced offense, when you had Ben Roethlisberger, Ben would go into the huddle and call five plays. They would go to the line, and Ben would pick which one they're going to run. What the signal that he's going to get from the offensive coordinator is a set of plays. So instead of just one play, when you have that experienced quarterback that knows everything backwards and forwards, they'll practice – um, when we see this and this down in distance, we're going to call one of these three plays, depending on who is where, when this guy is here, we want to do this. When he's there, we want to do that. That's what they're doing. Um, you can't do that with the rookie quarterback. That's not fully up to up to, to speed with the entire playbook though. They don't know enough. So if Pickett has one play right now, um, that's what they're going to run more or less at the line of scrimmage. That's what an audible is though. Okay, an audible is changing out of something. A check is we're going to the line prepared to make a decision on what we're going to do, but we're not going to do that until we get set and we look at the way the defense is lined up. He's going to check because you have to. You know, if you see something, you have to be able to check it. You're just not able to change a whole lot because the quarterback has to know every uh, component of the play. Not to harp on this forever, but look at the empty set play. If Pickett was aware that a situation like that could come up. Um, in other words, there's going to be a free rusher. If Pickett was aware of that at the line of scrimmage, he would have done something about it when he got the ball, or he would have shifted protection to help out. Now, when you're empty and they're rushing six guys, look, logically, somebody's going to come free. It's not a schematic problem. It's just the quarterback needs to know whatever the play is, you throw behind the free rusher because that's realistically – uh, where the open receiver is going to be. Pickett, for whatever reason, didn't recognize that right away. He didn't see it. 
it's an experience thing. But it, 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 when you check something at the line of scrimmage, that's different than an audible. Okay, Ben plays this game of semantics with the media all the time because he's going to come out and say, well, they never let me audible. You had seven plays. There's nothing to audible. <laughs> you can, were you going to pick the eighth play? You have plenty of options. They're not going to let you change it completely because that's the personnel that's out on the field. And Ben wouldn't even do that. They're not at that point with Pickett because, well, he, he's not Ben Roethlisberger. I don't, I don't need yeah. anyone to tell you that. So it, it, are they letting him? No, probably not. But it, it's not something they need to do, I, I don't think, at this point. And they're not evolved enough to do that. Uh, your offensive line is also new. Ben, yeah. ben had for three straight years Villanueva, Foster, Pouncey, DeCastro, and either Gilbert or Filer, guys that knew the system backwards and forwards. That's not the offensive line here right now. Two of them are free agents. They have only started 11 games here. They don't know enough collectively yet to do that. The receivers, Claypool's a moron, okay? I, I said that I don't know how many times. You're seeing the results, how good he is in Chicago, by the way. You couldn't do a whole lot with Claypool, who didn't know what to do anyway. He was a new slot receiver. Very unfamiliar with the position. Johnson's a good player, but only so many things that he can do. You've got a second-year running back, and in this case, in, in, in this particular game, some guys that really haven't carried the ball all season. Uh, it, to, to put all of that on a, a one player, to have all of that be on one player, it, it's too much. You can't bank on it. So they have to be simple, and that's going to look vanilla, and that's going to piss people off. But it's not, it, it's not a lack of insight from the offensive coordinator. It's protecting what you have out there. They don't have experience. And this is why I said at the beginning of the year, they're going to be bad because it's going to be pretty easy to game plan for them, but they have to build, um, they, they have to build to their strengths. They have to figure out what they're good at. They have to get more film. They have to get more reps and they have to fail. You have to fail to learn how to do what, what they're going to be good at. You'll see them be better at the end of the year, but right away they're going to suck. And frankly, they did. And they're getting a little better now. We're seeing flashes of mediocrity out there. It's pretty fun. I'm enjoying it. And as State of the Steelers <laughs> says before we get out of here, great points, Neil. I've had similar points hated on. It's nice to hear someone having a similar it's, mindset. It's, it's, it's not to be thought. a jerk, but it's because you're right, and people don't like that because they want to rip the offensive coordinator. It's like it's not as simple as that. This is not a video game, okay? Everybody acts like they all have a, 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 a finite – amount of knowledge and the same amount of knowledge of any single play that you could ever draw uh, draw up and it's simple they're robots you you push this button and they're going to go and do this doesn't work like that at all it's extremely hard to get 11 people doing the right things at the right times when you're going up against hyper athletic uh, also well compensated opponents they're there to break whatever it is you're trying to do to get all of that coordinated is really hard to to give matt canada some credit it's really hard. And I'm not saying that Matt Canada is the greatest offensive mind we've ever seen because he's not. I, I just mean that it, it's not – he was asked to do a lot, okay? There was a lot of failure that was going to come with this offense, and he was going to bear the brunt of it, and he is. And to, to many ways, yeah, you know, I, I think it's, it's uh, justifiable, but it's not as simple. You don't have Ben Roethlisberger under center anymore. You have no idea how many – the amount of sins that Ben made up for is just unbelievable – because he Ben was a vastly underrated, intelligent quarterback. Ben knew his shit, okay? I get the whole he didn't work hard thing, and Emmanuel Sanders is ripping him because he went around Peyton, and Peyton works, and blah, blah, blah. Ben knew the game. Ben didn't want to sit in, in you know film study for 18 hours a day. Ben knew what he was doing on the field. He knew how to call protections. He knew what was coming. He did a great job of that. It made up for a lot of things. Steelers don't have that. And you see how hard it is to play quarterback uh, within this league. And coordinators have to get yeah. a guy that can play. Yeah, just, just based on it, before we get out of here from what you said, I mean, if you're going to the line of scrimmage with five plays, I mean, that just tells you. It's like, okay, <laughs> yep. we're going out there with five plays, man. Whatever you see, pick one of these five. I mean, so you've got to yeah. have. But Ben can't audible. They never let me audible. Yeah. You know, you've got to have a smart <laughs> guy to be able to do that. <coughs> and in today's offense, you got answers built into into plays. Anyway, exactly. if, you, if exactly we call right. this play exactly right. and you see this coverage 
okay, this is what we're going to adjust in this play. You're going to run this route. I mean, they got answers in the play. So you just go up there. You have a play. You got like five answers to whatever you see. And if you all identify it, you'll go with, uh, you know, play number A, option C, and run that. And, you know, you just keep going. It'll happen after the snap. Whatever it becomes. Yeah. You work – Option routes, that's something we should get into at some point here, Lance. I know that you got to go, but option routes are a, a, a great example of that. McDaniels in uh, New England, I haven't watched them now to see if they still do it or not, but they, they ran a massive amount of option routes. Option routes give Brady basically the, the – the, um, he didn't have a play. There wasn't a structure. They were going to do these things based on coverage. Everything depended on what the defense did. If they're on outside shade of you, he's going to cut in. Brady knows that by looking at it. You don't need a play for that. Uh, it, it's, it's a simplified way. It's risky because you got to be 100% locked with the quarterback literally every time. But when you're able to do that, it's hard to defend somebody. And when you get good option route running uh, uh, wide receivers, they're going to be able to rip that up pretty good. Steelers can't do that. Not with Chase Claypool. He, Chase Claypool can't read a book. You know, he's not dissecting what a defense is doing so it, it when you have the wrong personnel in the, by the way Steelers are going to draft it it wouldn't surprise me at all if Steelers draft yes. a wide receiver this year just for Early. this very reason you know who's really good at that kind of stuff Deontay Johnson that's why they paid him they wanted to work out he knows how to read defense he knows how to go against zone he can get open against man he's a very smart player they've got to catch up to him a little bit now I know that yes everyone's going to yell about him you know doing the swinging gate thing, and I really wish he didn't do that either. But he's trying to make a play. He needs to, to take what's there and not be so antsy all the time. But he's a really smart player. He's a, a really good NFL wide receiver. They can get value out of him over three, four years. I, I wish they had him locked up. But, yeah, exactly. That's and Go ask Chicago right now. Worst possible <laughs> yeah. situation for him. And Marcus <laughs> J said it best, and that's a great way to close – Claypool got a book, but with no pages in it. And but with well, that, he got we're he go got a ahead. playbook. He just never opened it. That's why they traded he just, him. He's, <laughs> he hasn't improved. He's the same guy. <laughs> and with that, man, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Thank you, everybody, for your comments. And as always, please tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Steelers. <laughs>